Welcome to The Future Built Smarter, a podcast in which IMEG engineers discuss innovative and trend-setting building and infrastructure design with architects, owners, and others in the AEC industry. I'm your host, Joe Payne, back again today with IMEG Director of Innovation, Mike Lawless, and Director of Sustainability, Adam McMillan, for our fourth episode in our series on sustainability of the future. Adam, what are we talking about today? So thanks, Joe. Yeah, as we talked about on our last podcast, uh, cold climate electrification, uh, we talked a lot about how that is different depending on where you are. You know, warmer climates don't have as much of an issue with providing heating water whenever it's winter time, but cold climate, there's a big issue. And we talked about, well, what could we do as backup? Do we use gas? Do we use electric boilers? What are our options? Well, today we want to build on that a little bit and talk about another option, which is thermal storage, in particular, hot water storage. And then we can also get into some of the benefits of chilled water storage, but it'd be a nice, it's a nice segue um, over to part of the solution to this cold climate problem. Okay. Mike, I'll turn it over to you to have your usual engineer-to-engineer conversation with Adam. Thanks, Joe. I think where this starts for me when I think about you know cold weather electrification, I think the thing that comes into my mind is, so I'm in St. Louis, where the winters are, it can be somewhat mild, but we do get stretches where it can be, it can be really cold for, for a number of days. I think that's it. And I think about Denver as well. You know, once again, you get some really, you know, some really cold nights and the days can maybe not be as cold. And I think, Adam, how does that kind of that climate fluctuation fit in with the, the thermal storage for, for heating water? Yeah. So when we talked about options, how can I heat in cold weather? We talked about like VRF systems that can operate down to minus 15 or minus 20. So that's kind of fine in both of those climates you mentioned, but a lot of facilities need hot water. Hospitals need this. Industrial facilities need this. So we need to be able to make hot water. And the current technology right now, those heat pumps really can only operate around down to around 15 degrees Fahrenheit. And once it gets below that, they kind of drop off. So that's when you need this backup. And like you said, in St. Louis, that number of hours, you know, could be in the hundreds. Whereas in Denver, the total number of hours that they're underneath that threshold could be in the thousands. Um, So one option that we've begun to integrate into buildings is that, you know, when we're we're below 15, a lot of times it's not for 24 hours. It might only be a nighttime low, right? So there is an opportunity that, hey, as long as the temperatures are above 15 degrees or 20 degrees, why don't we turn on another heat pump and then store hot water in a thermal energy storage tank so that whenever it does come down below that temperature and that equipment has to fall offline, now you've got a tank full of hot water ready to go that could ride you throughout that that cold snap, if you will. So what we're saying here is when we're we're using heating hot water to heat our building. We could ride out this 100 hours in St. Louis or 1,000 hours in Denver. The, the easy solution or the simple solution be could be to burn gas. And what we're saying in this case is we're not going to burn gas. We're going to be smart about how we operate the system. And we're going to make hot water when we can and then use it as much as we can to ride through the, to ride through the cold spell. Is that, is that how we're looking at this? Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, turn on the gas 
as long as you've electrified your building, you got gas back up. That's a, that's a great step one, but yeah, kind of that next level, what could I do to really get rid of all my carbon? We don't want any fossil fuel burned on our site. So that's where this storage will allow us to take heat from the day and then put it into the building. And, and kind of another interesting way to think about this is a lot of times if you have an office building that's got a lot of glass and a lot of people and a lot of equipment, uh, you're actually a lot of times cooling that office during the day in the wintertime, even when it's 30 or 40 degrees out. So this storage opportunity allows you in some ways to also take that heat that you would otherwise be throwing out the window and put that in a storage tank to use at night to um, allow the heating to come from the storage. The other benefit is at night, we do a nighttime setback on our unit as well. So uh, the heating need is reduced in the building. So when we kind of think about a daily cycle of a building and in the cold climate with this buffer tank of storage, we suddenly have more options at our disposal to kind of move that heat around to when we need it during the day. And how do they decide when it's time, you know, when, when, how do we decide when it's that appropriate time to charge that, that heating water tank with additional, you know, put additional energy into it so we can ride through? How, what's the predictive side of that? Is that the, the operators are making those decisions? Is that automated? Is it some of both? How, how, does, how have you seen that work? Yeah, it's very new and something that we haven't thought about a lot. Um, on projects. So as engineers, it's going to take some time for the technology and the operators to catch up to start thinking about how to time that. Um, we did a project, the Denver Water Project, um, which used this, um, this sort of method. It had heat pumps. It actually had you know, a, a water-based uh, heat pump loop from the, from the Denver Water Facility for heating, but it still had these times of day where it was just going to get too cold. So we, in conjunction with the operation team, wrote a sequence to look at day ahead weather forecasts to inform how to stage the equipment and, and do the thermal energy storage tank. So in this case, you are looking at predictive weather forecast temperatures. You're watching your loads because after a while, after you know a season, certainly, and, and certainly after a year, you kind of you know where the building's going to go in terms of its load. So based on temperature. So if you can imagine a program kind of forecasting a load shortage, I think there's a really nice automated piece in there that can take care of it um, to allow that sequencing to happen. Um, but it is in the beginning, especially going to take pretty savvy operators. Um, that's pretty nervous too, because losing heat in the building is the biggest risk. So um, there's certainly an education component to that, that day ahead pricing, but you know, we've implemented it on one project. Uh, up there in Denver, and I think that's going to be something to look toward in the future. So to keep it simple, the operators could be the ones that, that make those decisions, but I think as time goes by, it will be more automated. So you talked about a little bit about an office building and how the, you know, even during colder days where we're cooling, uh, you know, during the day and, and then heating at night. What if we think about chilled water storage? How, how can that impact the energy use and and sustainability of a building. Yeah, well, on that Denver water project, actually, I mean, we're talking about two different seasons and we actually we actually put in energy storage tanks that could flip both ways. So there was, it was allowing us to do hot water storage in the wintertime, and then we could flip this thing and then do chilled water storage in the summertime. Um, so there are system approaches out there that will get you the best of both, both worlds. Um, you know, the chilled water, scenario is a little bit outside of the electrification conversation because 
we know we know how to make chilled water with our compressors in the summertime. So in this case, what we're doing is we're saying, all right, there are times of the day where our utility might be charging us more for the energy we use. We have these high demand charges we're seeing on the rise across the whole country. So what chilled water storage can let us do is basically during the middle of the day in that office building you mentioned when it's super hot and the utility bills you know is going to go high, you can just turn those chillers off and then let the storage tank that you that you stored all the chilled water in overnight uh, take care of the building for three or four or five hours during the day. And what, what you're saying on Denver Water was we actually use the same tank for both. So there wasn't an added cost. It was just a, a more efficient way to use the resources and the, the infrastructure that was already there. Yeah, we use the same tank and we even use the same equipment. So remember, if we have these air source heat pumps, these, these heat pumps can they can make chilled water all day. And then in the wintertime, they, they just reverse. They can make hot water all winter. So we are actually able to use the same tanks, the same equipment to serve both needs. And they, they would swing really nicely. Now, we did put some regular chillers on there, too, because those peak loads will certainly go higher. And the air source heat pumps do cost more. So if you can kind of right size those heat pumps to do the flipping that you want it to do, while also kind of just having a base cost with regular chillers, suddenly on a large campus, you have a really flexible system that, you know, you've really kept an eye on the cost because certainly you can just start adding tanks and equipment to any project, but you get priced out of it pretty soon. Um, but yeah, that, that dual purpose runtime on that equipment is highly advantageous. Yeah, I think that's a great point where a lot of times conventionally you'd think you'd have heating and you'd have cooling equipment. And they would you know, each serve their purpose and their function. But with the heat pumps, it's really the same piece of equipment for both. And you're using maybe some heating or cooling equipment to get to the peak heating and cooling needs that, that you might have in your building. I mean, I think for me, where, I, where my head starts to go is what about on the electricity side? And I think maybe that might be getting ahead of ourselves here, Adam. Well, I think, uh, you know, maybe just think of it. I'm a big basketball guy. And I just thought of the 131, right? So if I was going to have someone build a hospital today and tell them to do electrification, I'd kind of do this 131 where I put a chiller up on my point guard to do the uh, to do the peak load and make sure I'm comfortable with that. You can put these three air source heat pumps that could swing both ways right in the middle. And then here on the bottom, bring in your gas boiler just for that backup, just for that security. Um, because the other reality of the situation that people will talk about when electrification comes up is, what happens in a brownout? What happens when I need some heat in my building and there's no grid available to give it to me? Um, that's a case where your gas boiler can come in and, and save the day. So that, that low guy in the post, um, I think in the short term is gonna be pretty important um, for our success. So I, I think that's a good strategy. And now you can imagine on the bench, you've got your energy storage tanks sitting there ready to go. Um, then you can you know serve the duty that you need. Yeah, that paints a that paints a great picture, and hopefully you never have to get to that backup guy on the baseline. Hopefully you get some turnovers closer to half court and score some baskets. Great analogy, guys. I assume by that definition, Shaquille O'Neal would be a boiler. <laughs> yes. You have to bring a shakaroni pizza, though. <laughs> Just a little side note for listeners: Mike and Adam were referencing the Denver Water Project. Earlier this year, we did a podcast on that project, which won the 2021 National ACEC Grand Conceptor Award. If you missed that episode, you can find it, along with our other episodes, by searching your podcast app for the Future Built Smarter 
or Omeg Corp. Adam, what's up for our next episode? Yeah, I think what we'll do is we'll expand a little bit on this storage discussion and start to talk about the role of batteries, because uh, certainly that's getting a lot of a lot of attention, and it's warranted too because it's a big piece. So we'll talk about batteries. We'll talk a little bit about um, changing utility rate structures and why batteries might actually putting them in today can really help some potential um, issues down the road. Sounds good, listeners. We hope you tune in next time for that episode. And until then, from all of us at IMIG, take care. <laughs>